The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Dear Media IRL is back, and we're showing up bigger, better, and louder than ever. Join us on May 4th in Austin, Texas, for the ultimate live podcasting experience. Watch and learn from your favorite Dear Media hosts as they bring their insightful discussions from your headphones to the stage. Get ready to be inspired, entertained, and watch audio get a makeover. Tickets are on sale now at dearmedia.com slash IRL. See you on May 4th in Austin, Texas. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I'm so excited for today's episode with Erin Leachy. Erin is so cool. We actually know each other from way back. I used to do her social media and we talk about it on the podcast. She has this homegirl real estate Instagram and I used to help her. I used to have this like full-time social media consulting business, which is what I did before the podcast. It was called Lindsay's Lunchbox. And she hired me and it was really fun. We used to just hang out and take photos and have lunch. And it was really cool. So when I saw that Erin was a housewife, I was so excited for her and so excited for just everyone to see her awesome personality and even more excited to talk to her about it on this podcast. So I hope that you enjoyed the episode. I have to warn you that I was literally, I think we recorded this like the day before I gave birth. So I was a little spaced out and like deeply unwell when we recorded. So if you hear my interview questions just not being as good as they, you know, hopefully are when I'm not about to give birth, please give me some grace for that. I hope that you enjoy the episode. And before we get into that, we are going to talk about some topics that you had suggested we get into before the episode, one of which is sprinkle, sprinkle feminism. I too was like, what the hell is this? And let me tell you, apparently there's this woman on TikTok and her name is Shira Seven. She's She started on YouTube and now she's on TikTok and she is like a dating coach slash expert or self-proclaimed, you know, I guess we all are. And she promotes femininity and offers advice to women on how to be more feminine, to date men who can provide financially and to ask for what they want. So not like, I don't totally disagree with those things. I think those are great, but she started this thing called the Sprinkle Sprinkle Movement. And basically it appears to be a movement that celebrates femininity and encourages women to embrace their feminine qualities. But it's definitely gotten a ton of backlash because it's basically saying that you should adapt to men and seek financial support from them, which obviously isn't a great look for people who consider them feminists or people who consider themselves independent women. But apparently it's had positive effects on relationships and has fostered respect between men and women and promoted healthier relationships overall. So let's kind of get into this. I think that this sprinkle sprinkle movement has positives and negatives. I would say the positive is leaning into your femininity. I think that that is something that is so important when it comes to dating. And we actually have episodes on this exact topic. And I think that, you know, as someone who definitely has masculine energy, 
when I am with Steven, I, I try to lean into my femininity. It's like those videos on TikTok where you see this woman when she's alone, like jumping on the counter to try to reach this and to unscrew this. But when she's with her boyfriend or her husband, she's like, oh, I don't know how to do it. And you could look at that and roll your eyes. But in reality, it's actually a really good tactic because it's like, obviously, we don't need men and we can do things ourselves. But a lot of men just like to feel needed. And it is this like sexy kind of dance back and forth that is important to have in relationships. There's nothing wrong with deferring to a man to get gas or, you know, to take the driver's seat, whatever it is. And I think that some women who are really like badass, you know, boss women can sometimes be like, oh no, I don't, I don't need to do that because I'm, you know, I don't need a man and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, none of us really need a man, but it still is a good practice in kind of that beautiful relationship between masculinity, like masculine and feminine energy. And I actually just talked about this on Colton's podcast, which I went on recently, but I have no idea when that episode will air. But the dance between the masculine and feminine is important. And I think that too many women are like, no, I will not show a man that I need him. And it can come off as like toxic independence, which is another topic that we've talked about. So in that way, I'm like, you know what? This is great. Men should feel like, you know, we need them in some ways, even if we don't, we'll let them feel that way. Just like the same thing as men should feel like it's something is their idea, even if we planted it and like masterminded them, you know? And I think that that is good, but I don't, I think there's too much of an emphasis on men supporting women financially in this whole movement, this sprinkle sprinkle thing. Like we're not using men to take us out on dates and we're not using men to pay for us. That's ridiculous. And should they still on dates? Yes. Should they pay for the majority of things in general? Yes. But that's not why we date. You know, like we're not out here man eating in order for them to provide for us. Like we can provide for ourselves. And in that way, I think the sprinkle sprinkle thing is a little dumb. I don't think we need to seek financial support from men and we definitely don't need to adapt to men. But there is something nice about leaning into our feminine energy. So I will leave it at that for that topic. Somebody asked, reviving dead hinge conversations, whether to nudge a date ask on apps when chatting, but there has been no ask. Okay. So I went to a wedding. I've spoken about this on the podcast before. I went to a wedding where they met on a dating app. I think it was like coffee meets bagel or something. I forgot exactly which one it was, but they were talking back and forth. And he said in the wedding speech that as they were continuing to talk and no date was being brought up, she said something like, so are you on here for friends? Or like, are you looking for a friend for a friendship? And he thought it was so hot. He was like, she totally called me out, but didn't like neg me. She just asked a very natural question that someone would ask if they were talking to someone on a dating app and things weren't moving along. And that triggered him to want to ask her out and take things you know, beyond the back and forth conversation. So I think that's a really cool thing to ask. And I don't think that that's pushy at all. I think it's a genuine question. Like, are you? Because if you are, you should probably find out now. And if not, we should totally go out. 
The last thing I'm going to talk about is somebody submitted how to support a friend who is going through a hard time in her marriage. This is really tough because it's like, do you like this person's partner? Do you not? And if you don't like their partner, it can be really tempting to be like kind of inspiring them to do what's best for them, you know, but you really have to try to take as neutral or indifferent of a stance as possible here and root for the relationship, right? Because you don't want to become that friend who they all of a sudden don't feel like they can be open with you because they think that your intentions for their relationship aren't, you know, positive, things like that. So I would just be willing to listen. I would try to spend one-on-one time with this friend as opposed to like a double date or something that wouldn't allow them to actually tell you how things are going. So spend one-on-one time with them, be a sounding person when they are willing and open and feel like ready to talk to you about it. And really, I mean, it's not easy and they could be having this hard time with their partner now, but then they could resolve things. So keep that in mind when you're giving advice and sharing opinions on how you feel about their partner. And also make sure that they are getting help from someone who can actually help them, like a professional, like a therapist or mediator or whatever it is. And I think the bottom line is that you can't tell them what to do. They have to come up with the decision on their own, whether they decide to stay in this marriage or to leave. And you have to support them no matter what. And you have to tell them that whatever happens, like they're strong and they're amazing and they're going to be okay. Because that shows them that like whether they stay in their marriage, they're going to be okay. And whether they leave, they're going to be okay. But you're not telling them to do one thing or the other. If they straight up ask, like, what would you do? Then you can be honest with them, but you have to make it clear every relationship is different and only you know what goes on between you and your partner. So whatever you decide to do, I'm going to support you no matter what, because that's really all you can do as a true good friend. And you have to think of how you would want to be supported in the same situation, which I always think when I'm, you know, giving friends advice, like, and it helps me to not say the wrong thing. So put yourself in that in their position and think about what you would do. And I mean, it sucks, but they're lucky to have a friend who's thoughtful enough to ask how to be there to support them. So with that, I'm so excited for you to hear Aaron, and I can't wait to hear your thoughts. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I am so excited to be with the amazing Erin Danalici from Real Housewives of New York. Hey. Hi. Good. I feel like again. it's so good to see you. It's been so long. I feel like before we get into the questions, we have to like tell a little bit of our story. Yeah. I, How did we meet? We met years ago, but we met years ago. It was definitely like at least five years ago now. I feel like it was through Alexa. Oh, yes. Yes. It was through Alexa. But we also have Morgan in common, just like, you know, city, city people yes. in common. And you were working on Homegirl and you needed a social media person. And at the time I was doing social media. Mm-hmm. 
And to be honest, have no idea what I was really doing. Really? <laughs> but you were so good. I mean, no, I think I, I think I was like, I think I was good, but I wasn't, you know, like so passionate about it. Right. And you were amazing at Homegirl and like design. And I feel like I learned so much from you. And it was so fun because you treated me like a friend and we like we did stuff together. Like we would go to Soho House and have lunch. Yeah. It was really nice. We went to my I remember we went to that loft, that Tribeca loft that was something I was working on. Yeah. 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 And that I, was so I had fun. to come with you to the Apple store because something broke. Right. Remember that? Yeah. Something like that. And I remember at one point we were in some furniture store. That's so funny. And I remember at the time you had been, I think, like approached by because you were working with Frederick. Yeah. I was on Million Dollar Listing. Yeah. Frederick and Alexa, actually because she was looking at a house that he had for sale in St. Lucia. So Alexa, yeah, "Yeah, let's go on a girl's trip. And we ended up staying. They were like, it was so funny. We we got to, it was at uh, Sugar, Sugar Beach or something. Sugar Beach. Yeah, 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 that's the name. And we got there and they were like, okay, girls, so like, here's your villa. And then they were like, and Aaron, and here's yours. And we were like, wait, what? we don't want to be separate. Like we're on a girl's trip. We want to be together. They were like, well, you have two huge, beautiful houses. We were like, no, we're going to sleep. So we had these two houses. So we would like go have a drink in one of them, but then like stay in the other one together. That was such a fun trip. That's so fun. And they aired that. Yeah, we were on the show. Yeah, we we went. So Howard was there, Lorber. It was honestly, it was so much fun. We had a boat day. We had a great time. That's so fun. Would would you say, and then I'll get into the questions, but like, would you say that was like a precursor to knowing that you are comfortable in front of the camera? I wasn't really like that comfortable. I feel like on Million Dollar Listing, I just was like, I had honestly just started with him and he was, he came to me and he was like, okay, who out of your friends would actually buy a place at Sugar Beach? And I was like, well, I can name like 15. Who do you want? Yeah. And, and I don't know. I called Alexa because we we went to grad school together. Actually, we went to NYU together and we always talked about vacation rentals and like vacation homes. So I just thought of her and she was like, yeah, like, let's go check it out. Let's see if it's worth it. And we went down there and ultimately she was like, this is way overpriced. Yeah. But it was it was fun. It was really fun. And I did get I kind of got the hang of it, like the miking and and then I had been on it a couple of other times with Frederick. Yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. I wonder if anyone like recognized you from that show once you were on. I wonder. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe they just like thought you looked familiar and couldn't place it. The most common question that I always get is, is it normal to have doubts about my relationship? And the truth is not really. I mean, you should have the ability to question things. That's normal. We all question things. But if you feel totally overwhelmed with doubts that you can't seem to work through in your relationship, like maybe you constantly ask your partner for reassurance or you try to reassure yourself, but the distressing questions about your compatibility, your connection and your attraction to each other just won't go away. This could be a type of OCD known as relationship OCD or ROCD. It is highly treatable, but it requires a specialized treatment. And that's why NoCD is making this treatment more accessible than ever. NoCD provides effective, affordable, and convenient virtual OCD therapy that can help you feel more secure in your relationship 
and it can help in other areas of your life too. With NoCD, you can do live face-to-face video sessions with a licensed therapist trained in exposure and response prevention therapy, the gold standard treatment for OCD. NoCD accepts many major insurance plans to make treatment more affordable, and they make sure you're supported between therapy sessions with a 24-7 therapist messenger. OCD therapy tools, peer communities, support groups, and so much more. To learn about therapy with NoCD, go to NoCD.com and schedule a free 15-minute call with their team. That's NOCD.com to learn more and book a free 15-minute call. Hope you're enjoying the episode. Okay, so backing up a little, Erin, what is your favorite romantic gesture? Like for me to do or for someone to do to you? But it could be either. I love like a surprise, like anything that's a surprise. So like whether it be a surprise trip or just like a gift for no reason or like, okay, we're going to dinner tonight and we're going like here and there, just like planning and surprise because I'm so type A and I feel like I'm always planning and doing everything myself. So it's nice when that's transferred to someone else. I love that. When was the last time Abe surprised you? Been quite some time. (laughs) listen to this (laughs) hopefully he will so backing up for anyone who doesn't know your relationship status what is it and how how long have you guys been together we've been married 12 years well 11 years 11 I can't I like lost count 11 years we've been together like 12 and a half years so long time A long time. That's like very impressive. I feel like I've only been married two years and I'm like, 11 is crazy. Crazy. I don't know. It went so fast. Yeah. And also just based on like this past season and how you guys talk about things, like it sounds like things are still like pretty hot and heavy, which. I don't know if I'd call it hot and heavy. I think it goes through uh phases. Right. Like sometimes it's more, like we're more into each other and yeah. stressed with things. Right now we're like not. So mm-hmm. <laughs> we're like too busy and too focused and just like not even talking to each other that much because we're just, yeah. in. but we just came back from a trip where we had two weeks of family time. So that was so nice. And I think that's why vacations and just even like staycation, anything that you can just like separate yourself from your day-to-day that becomes so routine is just so important in a marriage, in a relationship, even like with kids, you know, like my kids are so routine when we're home. It's like, you wake up, you have breakfast, you pack, you get out of the house. Like it's blah, blah, blah. Then after school, we have, you know, ballet and dance. And then we come home and it's dinner and homework and bedtime. And it becomes this like cyclical thing. Whereas we went away you know, for New Year's and they were just free and it was such a nice time to connect. So I think that's always really important in any relationship. Yeah, definitely agree with that. And I feel like had that modeled for me a little bit with my parents. And I also I heard you say something on a podcast that I loved so much and I want you to like explain it a little more because I'm about to be a mom for the first time. And something that scares me not scares me, but like, I feel like it's so easy to make being a mom, your entire personality, like it's a slippery slope. And you had said it's important for your kids to not think that they're the center of your world. Like how, what is your advice for being a parent without making it 
your entire personality without making your kids, you know, have these inflated egos and thinking that they run your world. Okay. So a few things. First of all, it's not like a perfect science, which I think is important for moms to remember because sometimes you will be like, you are going to be consumed at least for the first couple of months, probably, you know what I mean? And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. It's such a beautiful time. You never get it back. And then I think it's also another side to things, which is really important is in those like special baby years that you're really present when you are with them. But I think it's so important to have your individual interests and like continue with those because eventually your baby goes to school. Your baby will nap for the first two years, a whole bunch. Like there are a lot of hours. And when you feel that passion that you have, just that is your own, that is nobody else's. It's not your spouse's. It's not your mom's, not your dad's, not your kid's. That's just so beyond fulfilling. And when you lose that, I feel like you can start to resent your life a little bit. And I've seen that happen from time to time with other people that I know. And the other thing is, I think it's important for kids to know that their parents are not revolving their lives around them because they need to be individuals. So one thing that I always practice as a mom, and some people think it's what, like a lot of people will always be like, oh, she's such like a chill Israeli mother. Like that's like a common thing, I guess. But, you know, I let them do things on their own. So like, as soon as I feel like they're capable, I remember one thing that really stuck with my son. And I read it in a book also, which kind of verified what I had been doing. But he was at a certain age where my dad lives on the second floor in his building and, and he like wanted to take the elevator by himself. And I was like, all right, go, I'll be down here. Press two you know, let me, you know, and then I'll see you up there. And he was like, really? And I think he was like young, maybe three or four or something like that. So this was like a big deal, but he was so excited about it. And he had this sense of independence. And that is what I mean. Like the helicoptering, I think sometimes turns them into kind of like babies, but also they're not confident. They lose a confidence Mm -hmm. because these are formative years for them. And if they are, they see that they're capable of helping and doing things like my older son is nine. My younger one is three and a half. Sometimes I'm like, Levi, you got to put Elijah to bed. Like you you do it. Like I, I need help with this. I'm busy, whatever. And he's done it before. And he's so proud of himself. He's like, I can't believe I just got him to bed. I'm so much better at you than you are at it. Like I just read to him and da, da, da. But it's those types of small things that that are small for us, but big for them that I feel like really stick with them. So, yeah, that's really good. Really good advice. How do you toe the line being now on this show of like what to show of your kids and what to not like? Is there anything written in the contract that's like, I'm not going to show this, but or is it just like, mm, yeah, whatever? I don't think we've is... gotten there yet because it was like mm-hmm. this time and we didn't know. But Honestly, I, the way that we dealt with it last season was you can be on this as much or as little as you want. Like it's up to you. Mm -hmm. So there was one time I'll never forget because the crew was, we were dying laughing. We got home and they had mic'd me and uh, my husband, I think my dad and Levi came in. He was like, why am I not getting a mic? Like mic me. Mm. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like you want to do it. And then there was another (laughs) time where I remember Layla was like, not into it. She was like, I'm not in the mood, da, da, da. And we were like, no problem. What are your room? You know, they don't, I think it's, again, like giving them that sense of independence and also their, it's their choice. Uh, mm-hmm. But generally, like they're so little that there's not like big storylines that they would be part of anyway, you know? So, right, right. 
watching your relationship with Abe back on TV, was there anything that you like cringed at or like were like really into like maybe more into him because of or just like noticed? I think a cringy was all the sex talk. Like, we're not going to do that again. I thought it was cute seeing watching the scene where he surprised me with the ring because it really was a surprise. And it was fun that we were like at a casual, you know, restaurant that we had been to so many times, mm-hmm. like a fancy, like over the top. Like, I kind of like that. I don't know. You know, it's really hard your first season. Like, you just don't know anything. And, you know, you don't know what you don't know. So we just learned so much about what's important to us, like what parts of our lives we want. You know, but but you really can't you really can't prevent showing parts of your life because then you're not being authentic. And that's right. something that bothers me sometimes when I watch like other shows, you know, people who are holding back or not really sharing. It's like then maybe you shouldn't be on a reality show where it's about right. all aspects. So I think it's just you, you learn the first season, you kind of just go with it. I really don't there's nothing like I regret really, you know, in terms mm-hmm. of the relationship on the show. Yeah. Were you pissed at him when he was like, if if you didn't have sex with me for a year, I would cheat or something? What did he say again? Oh, my God. I mean, yes, because it was such like a thing. But like yeah. in the moment we were it was a joke. Like we were right. Up. We were all like right. a restaurant, like two margaritas. And it was funny, you know, mm-hmm. and watching it back. And I knew when I when he said it, I was like, oh, my God, people are going to take this like so. Right. Like they're going to spin it. I was like, ah, zinger. But, but it was a joke. I mean, yeah, yeah. the point was that it would have been indicative of a larger issue. Right. You know? Yeah. Oh, also, I watching it and kind of knowing you a little bit like I know you're so confident, especially when it comes to your relationship. And there was that scene where Bryn is like, quote unquote flirting with Abe and you get mad but I'm like you wouldn't be mad I wasn't mad about that I wasn't mad I just care with him all day long I really don't care but what I didn't like and I think what struck me as disrespectful was mm-hmm. my kids were right there just kept talking about when you get a divorce when you get a divorce when you get a divorce right when I kept hearing that it was like can you stop bringing up that one topic I mean my parents divorced when I was young like it was just such mm-hmm. like a I don't know. It just I, I like I just don't use the, maybe those words. And then when when we were talking about it, she kept denying it. So I don't even know if she realized that she said it. I don't think she did at the time because she was just like being playful. But I think that's what got me. Yeah, it was more about like the word divorce and like what that brought up for you than like her. From what I heard from Abe is that she kept like bringing it up. So it was just a no. Right, right. Like, but you were never like, oh, my God, Abe's going to turn his head. (laughs) Like, Go for it. Yeah. I also. So your tagline, which right now, I think it changes every season. But like the first season tagline was like New Yorker take bull by the horns. I imagine you're going to come up with something even better for number two. Have you thought of it yet? No, those are hard. Like I had a lot of people help me with that one. No, I haven't, but I should start thinking about it. I'm going to brainstorm for you too. I feel like that's so fun. Thank you. Something else that we kind of bonded over and 
I think you'll probably remember that I'm really into is astrology. You, you gave me your astrologer. Yes. Yes. Do you? Oh my God. Yes. I love her. Yes. She's amazing. She like predicted so many things that actually happened in my life. And you're a cancer. Yes. Right. And Abe is a Taurus, if I remember correctly. Yeah, wow, good memory. I have like a weird, crazy memory for people's signs. I just like always remember them. Do you feel like you relate to like the cancer personality and all that? Oh, 1,000%. 1,000 percent. I keep forgetting what my rising sign is. I have it written somewhere. Oh, we need to find out. I'm cancer, cancer, which is like crazy. I can see that. Do you know what your moon is? Oh, I could see you being like, yeah, on either Leo rising cancer moon or cancer rising Leo moon. We need to find out. I have it somewhere. I'm going to like check while I'm on the phone. Okay. Yeah. Check. In the meantime, you mentioned like regretting the sex talk. Are there any other regrets that you feel from the season now that it's like done? Well, the reunion's done. Yeah. I don't like that. What I said when I was asked about Jenna traveling, like it was so taken out of context. And I've learned this. There's no more off camera talk when I'm filming because honestly, like it's it's a detriment to all of us because what happens is you you talk about things, you resolve things, all this context that the viewer doesn't see. So right. really everyone had known already that she had flown on a different flight and that she wanted to fly first. This was not news. We were in a group chat. Everyone knew and people were pissed off. I was just like, I thought like, oh, it'll be kitschy and I'll deliver the message. But it looked like I just wasn't supporting her. Right. That really annoyed me because it was like so not what it was. But other than that, I I mean, I learned, look, it's a learning experience. Yeah. Yeah. Was there anything that surprised you about being on that you were like, oh, I didn't realize, you know, this thing was going to happen? Oh, yeah. I didn't know that Jessel had was going through such a hard time with her fertility. Mm -hmm. No, she never told me. Yeah. Okay, so you have started this awesome line, Mezcalum. Mezcalum. So it's like... Mezcalum. It's like mm-hmm. Bloom Mezcal connected. Love it. And congratulations, Thank by the way. You. That's so cool. Thank you. You've mentioned Bethany as like inspiration. I have? Yeah. And? <laughs> On Amanda's podcast. I did? Okay. <laughs> Not like inspiration for Mezcalum, but like inspiration housewife wise okay maybe that was before this craziness okay wait what's the craziness oh i don't know there's just like this crusade against nbc yeah 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 like that article oh, a lot of a lot there's a lot mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well okay well i was going to ask you if you guys have connected at all but now i'm getting the vibes that you have not <laughs> not really no mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah that's fair but she's nice you- we have connected a little bit and she's very sweet Right, right. Why do you think that everyone's like going after Bravo so much? Do you think that there is like kind of this like what's it called when you're kidnapped and then you like miss your kidnapper? Yeah, it's like, yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> like, do you think that people just like miss being on it and so they're feeling like negative towards you know, it? One or- thing that really stuck out to me and I really like Leah I met her but I read that article and one thing Mm -hmm. she was saying how like she felt like they weren't gonna let her go leave the Hamptons when her grandmother was dying like I actually went through that my grandmother was dying when I was filming Mm -hmm. they could not have been more supportive so Mm -hmm. I can only speak to my experience I like I was never pressured to drink I never felt like they weren't supportive 
I absolutely love my producers. I, I actually do. Like I'm friends with them. Mm-hmm. So I, I just have not had that experience. Very confusing to me. You go on a show that's about relationships. I know that most of my girlfriend relationships, they all get into fights. Like they get into situations, maybe not as often because they're not together as often in a group setting talking about them. But like, that's just a natural thing that happens anyway. So of course, like if you add a show to it, you know, maybe it's exasperated, but like you can't blame everything on production. You know what I mean? Like you you just really can't. And I get it, but you know, I don't know. It wasn't my experience. So it's it's hard for me to do it. Yeah. Do you think that there's a housewife curse when it comes to marriages just based off of, you know, a lot of the marriages that have like crumbled from it? I think it exposes a lot, you know. So like, let's say one of the husbands were cheating, you know, like you're not going to be able to hide that when you're on a reality show. Mm -hmm. I think that's the kind of thing that just it just like things come out, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. What? do you and Abe do to like get through arguments and things like that? Assuming that you guys have all these tools in place now, maybe you've even gone to couples therapy as like, you know, so many people do and it's very normal. Like what have you guys put in place to get through stuff? Literally it's so simple, but it's so true. Just communicating, like Mm -hmm. open, honest conversation. The other thing that I think is smart for couples is to sometimes treat the relationship like, like a job, like a business, like, okay, you're doing this, you're doing that, like having lists, like checking things off, you know, splitting up time, you know, like even when we were on vacation, sometimes like we just wanted to step away and read our book in peace. And it's like, okay, you take these couple hours, you watch the kids and then, you know, sometimes you just want quiet. You want to be like alone. Yeah. So I think just communicating and, and, and setting boundaries and goals. You have a sister who is single. Did I make that up? She just got married last year. Oh my God. Yeah, oh my that God. Was Congratulations strong, but it didn't to make her. It on the show. I bought her her wedding dress actually. And we filmed at Gali Allahab, but didn't make it. Oh yes. What I was going to ask, like, what would your advice be to single people, single girls, especially in the city today? Like, what were you telling her before she met her significant other? Well, I think it's important to, first of all, relax. I know it's easier said than done, but all my friends that were really nervous about meeting someone took longer to meet someone. You know what mm. I mean? Like, I think it's just like, just live your life and it will just come if you're not kind of, it's like fighting against it. You don't want to fight against it. You want to just be open to it. And I think it, it naturally will come. The other thing is, I think it's important to look at someone's ethics and sort of background for like getting really serious, like seeing what the things that they've done in the past. Like if, you know, you're starting to date a guy that has been a terrible boyfriend before, like maybe be careful. I don't know. Those are just things that I've mm-hmm. like sister. Like, for example, her husband, I just knew was like such a good person. And like, yes, he wasn't perfect and they had their things. But I was like, let's look at him as a person. Like he's just such a good, kind person, like never shows up to anyone's house without bags of food, like things like that, just a sweet, kind person. So that's really important, I think, to look at when, you know, you're getting serious, but also just let it come. Just let it come to you. How did they meet? On the street. No way. Yeah. 
Like he just went up to her? They like, I think they had seen each other and they walked across, like they had crossed each other on the street before because they lived really close by. And then the second time that happened, they just like, they were like, hi, like cute like that. And then started talking. And then he was like, well, do you want to come like hang out? I live right there. And she was like, I live right there. And then they went and got a drink. It's actually in the Olympia, the Alexa's parents building. And they had a drink and like literally dated ever since. That's so cute. I love that. So cute. Do you have like a next wave of kind of because you and Abe got married early. I'm assuming like you have some friends who got married like younger. Do you have you experienced like the wave of people getting divorced yet? It's starting. Mm -hmm. Starting. Yeah. What do you think it's related to? If anything, is there like a common denominator that we should be looking out for? Dishonesty. Mm. And it becomes easier and easier when you're in a marriage to be dishonest because I almost feel like people hold on to it as a sense of like their individual individuality, which sounds crazy, but it just is. And I think the minute you start with the lies and the deceit, it becomes really hard to undo that. And Mm. that's what I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. How do you think, like, what is a good way to stay independent in your relationship? without having to lie. Like, how does Abe make you feel like you are not like beholden to him? Well, we're just very like open. It's like, okay, I'm having dinner on this night. I'm going to go on to LA for this trip. Like I got to go to, you know, we, it's, it's not like you can't go, which I see in a lot of marriages, Mm. you know, or like, Mm -hmm. then that's not fair. Like who's going to help, you know, it's just like, yeah, like we all, we have our own lives. That's, that's always been, sort of important to both of us is having our own lives. Like he loves going to fish shows. I have no interest. So he does yeah. on his own. So I think, I think it's just like having your own, your own stuff, you know? Yeah. It's, it's an interesting topic because I feel like the line between being codependent and just like wanting to be with your partner is so thin. Like, I feel like a lot of my friends in their relationships I can't tell the difference if like they just love being together or there is a codependency thing. Well, maybe it could be both, you know? Right. right. There's nothing wrong with being codependent. I think there's something wrong with only being codependent. Like I think Mm. if you can't stand on your own too, that's a problem. But there's nothing wrong with like leaning on each other and, you know, being like, when are you home? I need help with it. Like it's, I think that that's fair. Yeah. You know? Mm Mm-hmm. What do you think is something that's off brand about you that people don't know? People don't realize, I think, from the show that I'm very liberal, mm-hmm. very into social justice, very fun. <laughs> I like <laughs> to party and, you know, get a little loose and pretty. I mean, I think I'm pretty down to earth, although I think the show may have shown that. Yeah, no, definitely. I think it is funny, though, because I do feel like you did come off way more type A than you actually yeah, are. Yeah, me too. So but people will see people will see the real you. What is your advice about like just these new friendships that you have with these women? Like, you know, everyone is so different and is so caught up in their lives already. Like making friends as an adult is really hard, especially when you have a ton of friends already. Like, how do you maintain these friendships? Do you feel like you have to go out of your way or like, are you the social coordinator of the group? 
some of them are just easier to maintain because it's just more comfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of the girls in the group, I just talk to a lot. And then it's like with Uba, for example, I talk to her all the time, but we could go a month or two without speaking and pick up exactly where we left off, which is kind of interesting because that's what I've found with older friends, like for Mm -hmm. more years. So she's like the only one that I feel like it's the exact same with her, which is interesting because we clearly fight like sisters as well. Mm -hmm. But it's an interesting group of women. You know, we're all very, very different. And some are just going to be closer than others. Yeah. Being Jewish and, you know, I'm Jewish as well, but having like this public platform and kind of where we're at right now in with the war, like how are you dealing with getting hate for simply kind of being who you are? You know, I oddly have not gotten that much hate. Mm -hmm. Oh, let's knock on wood. I think that somehow people realize that I am a fair person and that I am, I care about, you know, the situation that's happening on all sides. Do I have opinions? Absolutely. You know, do I think that if October 7th never happened, this wouldn't have happened for sure. But does that make it like, you know, I think that conversation is important and and I think, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't gotten such hate, so I don't really know. Who is your favorite significant other of a housewife on your season? Probably David. Mm-hmm. How come? Well, our families hang out and he's a friend. I just like him. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like he's got like, he's got good vibes. Yeah. He just like feels like a normal friend. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who do you think that you could see yourself being a lot closer to that you might not be now? I don't know. I think it's going to probably continue the way it is now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How is Uba and her guy? Are you enjoying getting to know him? They're so cute. Mm-hmm. Is he someone that you would have picked for her if she for was sure. like set me up? For sure. I love that. Okay. We're going to do some fun rapid fire questions. You went on a great first date and the next day he sends flowers. Is that sweet or too much? Too much. In the words of Beyonce, what's worse, looking jealous or crazy? Jealous. Your boyfriend's away for two weeks on a work trip and you're homesick. Should he send you soup slash flowers? Yes. Not flowers. Soup. Mm-hmm. Is it always a bad sign if the girl initiates texts and plans more than the guy? But when she does, he's very receptive. Yes. Is it dumb to assume a guy you're friends with isn't looking for more than friendship when they ask you to grab a drink or dinner? No. Mm-hmm. I have so many guy friends, so I'm the wrong person to ask. Yeah, I feel like it's really normal to grab dinner with a guy <laughs> I do it all the time. Yeah. If you think you want to date someone at first, but then realize it won't work, would you at least try to hook up with them before ending it? Well, it depends on the reason for why it wouldn't work. If it's a fundamental Mm. reason, then there's no point to hook up with them. But if it's could be maybe if it's like a chemistry thing and you want to see if it'll work, then yeah. Right, right, right. Do you think that guys are more likely to still try to hook up if they... If they know it doesn't work, then they actually try harder to hook up. <laughs> Are any of your brothers single? Yeah, one. Oh. And he's so cute. Wait, 
How old is he? David. He is 32. Wait, can I set him up? Yeah, please. He's so cute. What has been his dating experience, like, in a nutshell? He actually, like, had one semi-serious recently. He had a girlfriend for a few years, a couple years back, that was, they were really, really serious, but, you know, she had some whatever, so they broke up. But, you know, now I think he's ready. Like, I mean, he's a handsome young man, so he was having fun for a while, but now I think he's ready. When's his birthday? April 19th. Oh, an Aries. Oh, okay. This is fun. I definitely want to set up. I'm yeah, going to send you options He's later. Adorable. If you're married, so you are, were you infatuated right away or did your feelings grow? It was into him right away. Mm-hmm. What do you think is more important in a fulfilling relationship? A sense of camaraderie based on similarities or a sense of empathy for your differences? A sense of empathy. Very different. Mm. When you watch people's Instagram stories, do you pick and choose who you watch or do you aimlessly click through? Oh, I definitely pick and choose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not trying to watch some boring Instagram stories. <laughs> if you've been seeing a guy for over a month and he checks everything off your list, but you only want to make out with him once you've had a few drinks, should you give it more time or is the chemistry just not there? Hmm. That's a little weird. Yeah. The chemistry might be off. A few, I, like you're drunk now. Right. right. Why? <laughs> Why? Did you grow up in a fart proud family or a fart shame family? I have three brothers, as I said. I, I, I still <laughs> get fart on. I get farted on. I don't know why I said fart. Like literally, it's if, horrible. If you go on a date and you're not feeling it, would you rather have them text you after and then you have to send like a texting to that you're not interested in them or have them not text you, but then your ego's bruised. Text you after. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, same. Have you ever bought something, worn it once and returned it? Your secret safe with us? Obviously. I mean. <laughs> Is it a red flag if your significant other barely responds to your text when they're out with the boys? No, let them be. Like, that's another issue I, I find. Like, when, mm. And I have one friend that like is constantly like, where are you? What time are you coming home? Like, let them have a night. Oh, God. It's crazy. I don't want to be texted when I'm out. Yeah. All signs point to a guy being very into you, but he still brings up his ex often. No. Is it doomed? Doomed. Yeah. Awful. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, but going back to the guy not texting you and out, I agree. But like, I still think there shouldn't be just like a six hour straight of ignoring. Like there should be like, okay, we're going to like this bar. See you later. Yeah. I mean, like I do like an update text, like okay, mm-hmm. I, I might be home late going to like whatever. I I, I right. appreciate that. It has it happened before where it's like just not. I mean, I think that we live in a society now where we expect like immediate responses all the time. Yeah. And I think there's something to say about just being in the moment and literally not looking at your phone. I, I do it. I do it. Right. So I right. do it. Mm-hmm. Hours is long. But I think. I think it's like there's something nice about just being like not, you know, like really engaged in conversation or like listening to music and just not. Pay. No, I agree with that. I agree with that. But I mean, listen, if your pregnant wife is home and you're not texting her that you're going to another place, like that's a problem. It's a little different. Totally. Is it OK to ask your significant other not to go to strip clubs on bachelor trips? Yes or no? no. Yeah, I agree. That's so ridiculous. That's so obnoxious. 
stay stay home at the Airbnb. Yeah, yeah. And like, that's going to make you look really good with the rest of the guys. Would you rather... Oh, anyway, so I'm not lucky with that. Oh, he hates strip clubs? Just things are like sad and like weird. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Would you rather be someone who doesn't feel as deeply and gets through hard things easier or someone who feels everything so incredibly deeply good and the bad? It's a really hard question. Can I just pick the middle choice? <laughs> I feel like as a cancer, you have to feel deeply, no? I do, but I think I've learned with my old age how to like block things off when they're not served mm-hmm. and like not to get too deeply into the drama of things. And I've yeah. gotten much better at it. I used to be like option B. Right. But I will say it was really nice. The like, I think it was like the season finale or something to see you kind of like break down a little because like you were so tough first. Like it was really sweet to see you like call your dad and like cry. Like it was like, very relatable. I There were so many scenes where I was crying with my family and like being relatable that they just cut out. So it yeah. happened. Those <laughs> happened. Like it was very early on in the Hamptons. I There was a scene that was cut out there where I talk about like my upbringing and my childhood and like how, why I have to be so type A and how many things I have to keep up with. You know, that was not in it. So, I mean, I, I experienced those moments. They just weren't shown. But yeah, right, I mean, right. I feel things very deeply as a cancer for sure and I do I am sensitive but that being said I really try not to get too sucked into the drama of things anymore I used Mm -hmm. but I try not to anymore this has been so much fun can you leave us with a quote or piece of advice something that just like helps you get through be here now and put your phone away for six hours potentially protect your pregnant (laughs) wife Uh I love it. Um, Where can everyone find you, follow you and watch you on TV? Well, you can follow me, Erin Dana Leachy on Instagram. I suck at TikTok, but you're welcome to follow that too. And you can watch our show on Peacock until there's another season, which will be opening soon. Oh, I can't wait. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.